Hey sickos, I'm LJ. And I'm Tao. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. This podcast also contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. To access our socials or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platform and consult the link tree in our bio or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so we can continue to reach more people. This is a great free way to support your favorite content creators. Case suggestions or stories to share can also be sent to saypsychorightnow at gmail.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Yay! sickos hey sicky poos so today we are starting a brand new installment series for our beloved patreons brand new installment series because we're extra fact so this is going to be called on wednesdays we wear yellow jackets because we're Mm -hmm. basic yeah. And we're going to be following Yellow Jackets episode by episode, essentially. So we're kind of gonna like swap So, like, I'm going to lead this episode. This is LJ talking, if you don't know my voice by now. So, I'm kind of going to lead this episode. That means that, like, we both watched the episode. Technically, I rewatched it. I've already seen the series. So, watched it for the first time, right? I sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just for the sake of, like, not being redundant. Whoever's, uh, you know, leading the episode is going to be taking a little note scenes, and then we're going to have, like, we'll talk you guys through the episode, basically, as it happens, and just offer commentary, our little reactions, our feedback. Our little reactions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, episode one opens up, with, and we see a girl running through the woods barefoot. 
Um, she is like for real, for real screeching. Um, there are things that we see uh, strung in the trees. We hear birds cacawing. It's very ominous and chaotic. And then the girl falls in the snow in what appears to be kind of like a hunting trap, right? Like a, mm, a big yeah. hole in the ground. And then we see the camera pan over her dead body in a hole. And there are like sticks all around, like in the hole that are like, you know, meant to impale whoever falls in, essentially. Mm. See, um, I didn't I didn't catch right away that she was dead. Was I supposed to catch that? Oh yeah, girl, was she like, was gone gone once she was landed. She, was she dead dead? Because I just thought like that looked like a survivable situation. I think she was impaled. Oh, maybe I missed the impaling. Yeah, pretty pretty positive she was like impaled and super dead. Okay. <laughs> Drop a Listen. comment if you felt differently. Maybe <laughs> if she looked survivable to you, I want to know. But to me, she I looked. Thought she just like I thought she just did a little oopsie trip doopsie. <laughs> Ted was like, "Oh, and she's sleeping. <laughs> she's so tired from her run." <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure she's impaled in several places, but okay. But yeah, I'm going with impaled. And then we pan to these cloaked masked figures. Well, I guess mm. right now it's just one cloaked masked oh, figure. Oh, that's right. You know what? I think that's where I got the part that she was dead because isn't that like, don't they start eating her or something? Okay, girl, you're getting ahead of yourself, but yes, oh, that, that does bad. happen. That's okay. So uh, she, th we've got a cloak mask figure, and all we really can see that's like identifiable moderately is some converses, right? Which mm -hmm. is like stands out in that type of like a wilderness scenario, I guess. And this person approaches the hole, and then we transition to the modern timeline, right? The, like twenty twenty whatever the fuck that was recorded in. So on the real timeline, we have varying teachers and students recounting when the plane full of students went down, right? Some are giving yeah. like really diplomatic answers. Some say they were close to the girls, but you're like made to think that they, they probably weren't. It's just like for the cloud or whatever. Some are like, oh my God, like that could have been me. Some are just like, I don't know, like I wasn't close to them at all. And then finally... We have a gentleman at the end who says that the girls who went missing were champions. And then we flash to 1996, which yeah. is... When they were saying the things about the people, I was kind of like, mm, this is yeah. for me. Like, yeah. you guys don't even like these people. Stop it's one of those things fake. where, like, yeah, for real, like, a tragedy happens and everybody just needs to give their two cents, but nobody's, like, related to the tragedy at all. It's just, like, yeah, boo. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go okay. to uh, 1996, right? Mm -hmm. And we see the Yellow Jackets, women's, well, I guess, varsity, we should say. The varsity high school soccer team is playing the goal scored and the girls like cheer they're going wild and they're saying like oh my god we're going to nationals and from there we pan to 
Jeff and Jackie also like John was watching this with me. I like made him because I'd just gotten back into town from being with my family for Labor Day weekend and he had to work, but like I needed to watch this so we could record or whatever. And he really didn't want to watch it because he wasn't into it the first time when I watched it or whatever, but he conceded and was like, yeah, whatever, I'll watch it with you. And we wow, got to this way to pretend scene. that you have choices in life, Jonathan. <laughs> He thought. Um, so literally, like, I'm taking notes about, like, everything that's happening. And John looks at me and he, he's like, this is so cringy right now. And I was like, my literal wrote down was this is so fucking cringe. Okay, but do you know what my thought was when I saw this scene? I thought, okay, she's secretly a lesbian and this is her cover boyfriend, and that's why she's not into it. Okay, I could see that. I could, like, for that, sure see that. Because it's the 90s, right? Like, that, Right, you know, right, right. Um, that was my initial hypothesis, because, and, and yes, the sex, or, well, I guess it wasn't technically sex, but the intimacy, if you will, was cringy. But isn't all teenage intimacy, and we thought it was great back then? You know I what think I mean? for me, what it was, and I guess, this is why it's like always so interesting to hear other people's like takes and like interpretations of things like even when I watched it the first time that option right like that just didn't necessarily occur to me like my brain went like this is a teenage boy who doesn't know female anatomy he doesn't know what the fuck she's doing or what the fuck he's doing and she doesn't want to speak up and like you yeah. know try to teach him or whatever and you know it, it's just it's so cringy because you can tell jackie is just like straight up not into this no, she ends like, yeah she wasn't into it no i was like like i thought when the like the next scene when the girl like comes what does the girl pick her up i think it is yeah okay so real was, quick jackie like jackie fakes getting off essentially right Mm-hmm. and then jeff is like i love you and jackie just like straight up ignores it and jeff's like it's my turn to basically like to get off and he lays back down and the whole thing is like super cringe and then like toe was saying jackie's friend shauna pulls up to pick her up we see jeff climb out the window and then jackie you know or i'm sorry not jackie shauna calls jackie out saying she saw jack like what happened in no distractions for nationals right so yeah like that was when when her friend pulls up to pick her up i was like oh here's the secret lesbian lover like they're gonna start going right at it. i can totally totally get that and they do kind of like go at each other but not in the way that it sounds like you expected yeah i think this is where we kind of start to see like some Jackie and Shauna like rivalry, I guess. It's kind of like setting the foundation for the issues in their friendship, you know? Yeah. So Jackie says, you know, like me and Jeff have been each other's first and it's just gonna be easier basically if they be each other's forevers as well. And Shauna is kinda like wait like jeff is a virgin you guys have broken up ten thousand times and jackie's then just like whatever she like pretty much ignores that and segues into talking about their prospective dorm color palettes for Rutgers next year 
like under the presumption that like her and Shauna are going to the same school they're going to be roommates like all of that and then we fast forward to the current timeline where we see Shauna in her current home as an adult she gets a knock at the door and offering her a book deal for her story seemingly digging to see if she's in contact with the other survivors as well and Shauna says she's not in touch with the others anymore but she's like 100% confident that they wouldn't have taken a book deal and the the person who is at the door we, we find out they're a journalist right right and they uh, start talking about like everything that Shauna had ahead of her before the accident. Like she had early admission to Brown and yada, yada, yada. And Shauna basically like snaps. She's like, you know, you don't know fucking anything about me. You just need to get out of my house. (laughs) And the lady leaves a business card, but does leave her house. Right. Yeah. And then we've got, she was Nat. Yeah, she, she's not hyped about this. And then we see Natalie. It, like, pans over to Natalie in adult life, okay? So mm-hmm. she's another adult survivor that's being called inside a building by a male. And then we flash back to the past timeline where we see girls in those fur cloaks and masks that we talked about that. Mm-hmm. And they are now stringing a nude female body up in a tree by rope and bleeding them out like you would like a deer or something that you've been hunting, right? God, I hate that. Spooky danger. And then just as quickly, it flashes forward and we see Natalie in an AA type meeting at a rehab facility for drugs, alcohol, and sex addiction. She tells people at the meeting that she used to think her addiction issues were because of her time in the wilderness and the things she did. But the real reason, she says, was that she lost her purpose. And she thinks most important part of recovery is finding a purpose. Right. And And then then the girl jumps in and says, you never told us what happened out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like debating whether or not to bring that up because I'm like I've I've written so many notes I'm like oh my god how thorough should I be but I'm glad you said that because I feel like that's such like a a theme in this episode right it's Mm -hmm. like what happened out there like everybody wants to know what happened out there the survivors are like we don't talk about what we did out there like but obviously some real heavy shit happened out there and we're all just like, well, what? And I don't think that anybody could even begin to speculate what actually happened out there. But everybody wants to know, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we flash back to 1996, where we see Natalie drinking and smoking with some guy friends behind the school. Some asshole high school kids pull up and they're like whistling at her, sexually harassing her. And she throws a bottle at their car and they roll off. But she's always been, like, kind of tough. Like, we see that even before the wilderness, she definitely had a substance issue. Like, this wasn't, like, something that was sparked by the wilderness. It seems like yeah, she definitely... Yeah, she's a party girl. 
Yeah, she was a party girl, and I don't think that it, um, you know, I mean, it just, it, it could be, like, an experimental thing in high school, but for her, like, it definitely became, like, a lifelong issue. You know what I mean? Right. And then we pan to the girl's Yellow Jackets locker room, where they're getting ready for a pep rally. Jackie is painting the face of a teammate. Her name is Kelly. And Kelly is talking shit with another teammate, Van, about prom and mm-hmm. how Kelly wasn't asked. And she had like a great dress on standby, but like only one freshman was asked. And like it's just such a travesty. And Van, we, we gather that she must be like a bit older, like probably at least a sophomore, right? Van is very much like, you know, she just doesn't feel like it's a big deal. She's like, you. Mm-hmm just go next year (laughs) and like just you're fine yeah like she's like we'll be okay and kelly like really kind of cops a tude because nobody asked van either and she's older so she's just like you wouldn't understand and van's like i just kind of don't give a shit (laughs) you know right and anyway then we see jackie called into the coach's office coach ben and uh, she is asked, you know, do you know why you were chosen to be the captain? Right. And yeah. And so coach is basically like, oh, well, it's not because you're the best skilled athlete, but because you are a natural leader and the other girls like defer to you. Sorry, you guys definitely just heard a door slam because my child's feral. We probably won't be able to edit that out. It is what it is. That's <laughs> fine. No, I think, and she, that definitely hurt her in the feels a little bit. She was like, "Yeah, oh, feeling spooky." Well, and I think that Jackie is like, "Yes, the girls absolutely do defer to her, and for that reason, and the reason of like, you know, just like her role in her family and this and that." I don't think Jackie's ever really been put in her place before, or like told that she's not the best at something, or that like she doesn't yeah. take precedent you know what i mean so that was probably like a reality check for her in a way yeah which like coach ben is definitely like the first person i feel like to give jackie that reality check of like you're not all that but you are a leader right and i feel like you know she needed that she did so then we actually pan to the modern timeline again, and we're back with Shauna. Now she is ironing some clothing, and the TV's on, as one does when they're just, like, doing their little chores or whatever, and she is very much taken by surprise when she sees an ad running on the TV introducing Taisa Turner as a candidate for state senate. Yes, yes. She was a little offended there. Yeah, I think she was concerned, I'm sure. We see um, it kind of, like, pans into the TV, if that makes sense, like, from that screen. And we're taken to the moment where Thaisa and her wife are recording this commercial, right? So we then see Thaisa and her wife and child, you know, being interviewed. They're having photos taken. And the interviewer starts to get a bit more personal. He 
you know, starts to get into that, you know, Thais's time in the wilderness gave her a lot of resilience that would make her a good candidate. And Thaisa, immediately, she's just like, nope, we're not going there. Like, yes, I'm resilient. Yes, I'm highly qualified. My qualifications aren't rooted in my time in the wilderness. That's not the focal point of my campaign. We're not right. going there. Right. She shut that shit down real quick. Yeah, she was just like straight up not having it. And then we're back to 1996 again. Outside of the school, the... Some members of the Yellow Jackets team, but not everybody, are basically, like, in a dispute about nationals. And the primary dispute is about a teammate named Allie, who's not present for this conversation. They feel like, you know, her head's in the game, that she poses a threat, essentially, to them winning nationals. And Thaisa, you're going to hear me refer to her as Ty a lot throughout this, so Ty, Thaisa, same person. Um, Ty wants to push Allie a little bit and maybe take her spot, which the girls acknowledge, like, Jackie is not going to like that as the team captain. So they basically are like, I guess we should just, like, not tell Jackie and just give it a shot at practice. Yeah, and then Natalie also... Or, I'm sorry, not Natalie. Thaisa calls Natalie out during this powwow as well for smelling like alcohol. She's basically like, your head's obviously not in the game either because, like, we're heading to practice right now and you smell fucking drunk. And it's, like, whatever, 3 (laughs) o'clock, you know? So, we got these things going on. And then we're with the girls on the soccer field. They are running drills. And this is the first that we're introduced to Misty. What do you call her? Like, what is her role? Like, I wrote down ball girl. And I'm like, what the fuck is she even? She's not the team captain because she's not on the team. She's like a water girl, I guess. Like, maybe like a team manager or something. Maybe. I don't I know. It's like the polite like, term for that. Yeah. Basically, she's like not. She didn't make the team. And she's, like, there doing, like, the the lifting, you know? Not the team stuff, but, right. like, the bringing out the balls and, you know, she's moving a, the net. She's a support person. She's basically, like, locker roadie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we have Coach Ben start the girls on drills. And uh, Laura Lee chimes in. And she's like... You know, Coach Ben, before we before we start drills, I, I really do think that I should lead in prayer. And Coach is like, this seems like highly unnecessary, but if you must, like, what the <laughs> fuck ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that part yeah. did me a cackle. Yeah, and, the, and that I felt like was worth mentioning just because that's Laura Lee, right? This is our first introduction to Laura Lee. And that's who she is. That's who she is. That's Laura Lee right there. Love some jesus she does so the drills start after this prayer and Teresa calls out Allie, and basically like the coach had corrected Allie on something and ty was just like hey coach can like Allie and i swap out for a bit and just like see how it goes or something of that effect and coach allowed it and while running this drill Allie 
and Thaisa, like the best way I can explain, I'm not a sports girly, right? I'm just not. Sorry, guys. But as a part of this exchange, like mm-hmm. it seems to me that Allie has the ball. Thaisa's going to steal the ball from her, right? Mm-hmm. But Thaisa kicks Allie's leg in this like going for the ball thing. And Girly like snapped her leg. Like bones are out. It is yeah. bad. Like a very gnarly, leg. gnarly compound fracture. Right. And then we pay- I mean, obviously they're like calling somebody for emergency help or whatever. Misty's being like fucking useless, but trying to be useful um, because she's a little psycho. And then we pan to the locker room. Where we see Jackie trying to, like, pep talk the group. But things seem bleak to everyone. And everybody's basically like, Jackie, shut the fuck up. Like, Allie's yeah. leg is snapped in two. And at some point, I think somebody, like, called out Ty for, you know, tripping her on purpose, right? Yeah. So that happens a little bit later at the party. Um, but we're definitely going to get into that as well. Okay. Great. Yeah. So we then pan to the current timeline, so modern day, and we see Shauna in the kitchen with her daughter. Her daughter is older, right? So she's in her teens very uh, very easily, probably like a junior or senior. Um, Shauna wants to spend some time with her daughter. Her husband's like working late again, but her daughter declines and is by her boyfriend Kyle. Shauna and her daughter argue like a little bit about curfew and decide that she needs to be home by midnight. And then we're back to 1996 where we see the girls are getting ready for a party, the same party Toe and I were talking about a minute ago, for a send-off to nationals. So Jackie and Shauna are getting ready in one of their rooms. I feel like it's probably Shauna's because Shauna's the one going through, like, her clothes in the closet, right? Mm, So Jackie says that Randy is going to be at the party and implies that, like, Randy's interested in Shauna. And we see Shauna get agitated as Jackie vetoes, like, several outfit choices that Shauna pulls out. And Shauna, like, eventually just snaps and she's like, I have no interest in Randy. Like, fucking drop it with the Randy shit. Like, I'm over it. And it's, she was basically saying, like, Randy's so stupid. And the fact that, like, you're trying to pair me off with him is, like, insulting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was like she was taking offense to. See, this was this was another part where I thought they were just lining it up for the secret lesbian storyline, honestly yeah no that's not not the vibe i don't think i mean maybe maybe there's something i'm like not remembering because we all know i have a trauma noodle so although i'm re-watching it <laughs> lord knows my brain probably doesn't remember like half of the season anyway okay. so but i i don't think that's where this is going I, I feel like i would remember that but i don't know we'll we'll see so the girls do go to the party, and we see the boys' team pull up with kegs. We see partygoers smoking from, like, apple bongs, drinking, and Natalie and her guy drop LSD. Then we pan to the current timeline as Natalie smokes a cigarette in front of rehab, 
and gets into a taxi to go to LAX. And she tells the taxi driver that her plan when she gets there is to catch a red eye. Just as quick, we are back to the party in 1996. Donna is drinking while Jackie is just like drunk as a skunk. She's falling all over Jeff. Randy is doing keg stands and dedicates his raunchiest belch to Shauna, who's visibly like (laughs) fucking disgusted. She's so over being there. What the fuck? And at this point, Shauna is just like, she's ready for a fight. You know what I mean? Like, she. And. She's in her feral girl mode. Yeah, she's she's just not having it today. She's had enough happen. And so this is when she approaches Ty and starts a fight, right? She goes up to Ty and she's like, wow, Ty, I really admire your resilience in coming out to the party tonight after crippling Allie today at practice. Like, that really took a lot of resilience on your part because I don't know if I could show up here at a party after crippling my team earlier today. So Shauna basically accuses Ty of intentionally crippling Allie and says that like her plan to get Allie internationals sure seemed to be going well. You know, and basically implying that Ty hurt Allie on purpose to take right. her spot permanently, right? Natalie jumps in at this point and Ty basically says you know, Natalie, you probably have, like, a drug to take or a dick to suck, so, like, fuck off. And Shauna is like, whoa, lay off Natalie. And then Natalie's like, girl, I don't need defending. But it gives, very much gives a vibe. Like, there's, like, some bad blood between Shauna and Natalie. Like, you get the vibe of, like, yeah a broken friendship or something like Shauna is trying to take up for Natalie and Natalie just like doesn't want it you know right yeah and then Jackie she seems to sober up pretty quick she jumps in and like calls a team meeting and makes everyone line up and say something nice to each other Laura Lee of course is the first to start and she's just like going down the line to every single person being like beautiful in the eyes of the lord and jackie's like honestly i was i was surprised at laura lee's presence even at this shindig i was too i'm like it doesn't seem very holy there but but i don't know whatever whatever maybe she was just trying to be a good sport yeah i mean she is like on the team so maybe it was just like a united front type thing or whatever i don't know we don't see laura lee really do anything nefarious right so Anyway, Jackie basically tells Laura Lee to, like, stop. She's Laura Lee, like, no, not like that. And she takes the lead instead and offers, like, seemingly genuine compliments to each girl, leading the others to join in, starting with Van. There's obvious tension between Shauna and Ty as Shauna apologizes and Ty says, like, she really didn't mean to hurt Allie. And things seem to be, like, calm down between them. Like, tension is diffused, you know? Right. Um, now, Jackie and Shauna come face-to-face, and it's obvious that Shauna thinks her and Jackie, like, are not good right now, right? Because, remember, Shauna snapped off at Jackie about the Randy thing earlier, and mm-hmm. um, 
you know, Shauna's like, well, you haven't said anything nice to me yet. So like, I don't know, are we good? And they, they seem to smooth things over as well and also seem okay. And then we are back to the timeline in the wilderness and we see people in cloaks and masks cooking the human meat. God, hated that part. Yeah, grody. Um, And then we're back to 1996 timeline again, like the original one. And we see Jackie and Jeff driving with Shauna in the back seat after the party, right? Jackie makes Jeff drive past Shauna's house. And even Jeff is like, like, you know, Jackie, like Shauna's house is on the way. And Jackie's like, no, drop me off first because I have a curfew. And you could tell Shauna's annoyed. Shauna's like, you know, Jackie, I have a curfew too. And Jackie's like, well, we know what your parents are like. So go to my house first, past Shauna. And you can tell Jeff is like a little uncomfortable with this, but he does what Jackie says to like keep the peace in his relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Jackie's dropped off. Jeff and Shauna are alone driving back to Shauna's and Shauna tells Jeff to pull over and yeah this is where it gets this is where it gets weird so Jackie's dropped off Jeff and Shauna are alone and Shauna tells Jeff to pull over and Shauna starts kissing all up on her best friend's boyfriend Boo, Shauna. Bad job doing your person job. Yeah, and Jeff is like, whoa, Shauna, like, I thought we weren't going to do this again. And you're like, bro, like, what? This isn't even the first time? What is going on here? They end up, like, fucking, and she tells him, you know, oh, if you come inside of me, I'll raise this baby out of spite to become a killing machine. And things get... Hot and heavy. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, there's so much going on here. I'm just like, you know, you got the whole thing where like Jeff told Jackie that he loved her earlier and she wouldn't say it back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then now we've got Shauna and Jeff hot and heavy. And Shauna tells Jeff to tell her that he loves her, right? He loves her. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff, like, initially ignores it, and then Shauna's like, listen, like, I'm not gonna hold you to it, but say it, because it's gonna, like, get me off, basically. And so he does, and he asks her, or, like, she asks him to, like, keep it repeatedly, and it's just, mm-hmm. like, super cringe. I'm like, super cringe. This is so awkward, like, ew, I hate it, thanks, great. Then we pan to... The current timeline where Shauna is outside of her home killing a rabbit from her garden with a shovel, like a whole ass Looney Tune, and you're just like, okay, like she's. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Shauna's Shauna's not my favorite person so far. Yeah, it's just like Shauna, what you got going on, girly girl? Like, I just feel that there were other options. Yeah, like you know, is there not like a gentle? rabbit deterrent like the only option was bunny slaughter i feel like probably not yeah i mean you could at least like shot it with a bb gun person you didn't have to like 
main it shovel yeah yeah not, so, that I'm a, not that i'm a huge proponent of shooting bunnies with bb guns but like that's what look, at least up, put it in a fucking soup or something if you're gonna like, kill it yeah i mean well growing up my godfather used to shoot bunnies in the backyard because they would destroy his garden mm-hmm. which i wasn't a fan of but i mean at least he wasn't beating them to death with shovels at least it was like quick. yeah i feel like that's on the spectrum it's better yeah so shauna goes inside she washes her hands her bloody little rabbit hands grabs the business card from the book deal lady and goes to her closet where she opens up a safe we see some journals and she pulls out a phone and she uses the burner phone to call someone and we're made to believe that this is probably a survivor like that's just basic implication right Mm -hmm. just says like we need to talk and then we flash back to 1996 again oh 1996 timeline we see everybody packing for nationals right jackie's packing in her house Natalie is smoking in a rundown trailer. Laura Lee is on her knees praying, getting ready for the trip. Charlotte is taking pills at breakfast that are handed to her by a maid. Van is trying to take up, uh, oh, sorry, not take, wake up her mom, who is unresponsive. It looks like she's likely passed out, like, due to drugs or alcohol. And Van's trying to get her to, like, come to so she could driver to the drop-off spot for nationals misty is like was she watching a squirrel drown is that what was happening i don't oh god know. i don't even remember that part she was like sitting by a pool and i swear to god i thought that she was watching a squirrel drown but i was also like so done and so t- not rewinding for shit i'm pretty sure she just watched a squirrel drown. so okay. let me know if that's not what happened but like I was pretty confident she was just watching a squirrel drown and loving every minute of it, like a little freak. And then we see, you know, Ty being packed up to be seen off. Shauna gets her acceptance letter to Brown, like right before leaving. And we also see a couple of other characters who we haven't seen before. There's like an older high school guy who's being loaded into a car uh, along with a younger boy and a gentleman who appears to be their dad and he's in a yellow jacket's coat and then we see everyone actually boarding the plane and we find out that this plane was actually chartered and paid for like by charlotte's dad like it's a private plane just for them Mm, yeah and i this is the part where obviously i got excited because this was the plane content that i was promised in like the last three and a half minutes of the episode that lj i know and it ends up being more like episode two i think is when we're really gonna see the crash like at length so sorry yeah i couldn't decipher anything about like what caused the crash i i couldn't even tell you what type of plane it was right very limited plane content well we might get more info on that in episode two i know we definitely see like way more of the crash in episode two for sure but yeah charlotte is basically like you know this is my dad's only form of parenting like she kind of has the attitude of like 
might as well take what I can get. Like, her dad has money, but is, like, emotionally unavailable. You know what I mean? Yeah. He kind of, like, throws money at her to, like, yeah, I love you, but he's, like, never there is the vibe that you get. We see the same random guy from before that I mentioned who is loading into the car. And the older high school guy is introduced as Javi. And we confirm that the younger boy is Javi's brother, who, you know, is also now on the plane. And it seems that the dad who is on the plane is, like, another coach, maybe. Like, an assistant to Ben or something Mm. like that. And we see some, like, banter between Varsity and JV girls. We see Shauna and Jackie sit together. And Jackie gives Shauna Valium that she stole from her mom earlier that morning to relax Shauna. Because she knows, like, Shauna's, like, a little antsy on planes or whatever. And then... thrilled to be on a plane. Right. I'm just, like, thrilled to be going anywhere that isn't my death job. (laughs) (laughs) Send help. So we panned Ty in the modern timeline, and they are in a diner. Shauna says the woman on the business card introduced herself as a journalist, but that she doesn't see any articles from her anywhere. Shauna says that they'd all agreed to stay out of the limelight, and Ty running for office is, like, basically asking for issues, and it's now, like, she's putting it on Ty to take care of the sketchy fake reporter situation, because she's like, this is probably related to your campaign thing, like, I'm not dealing with this shit. Donna asks Ty about Natalie, and Ty says that Natalie's in rehab right now, meaning that, like, Natalie doesn't pose any threat to their, like, security of information, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they agree that, like, as long as nobody does anything crazy, there's nothing to worry about. And as soon as they agree on that, we pan to Natalie on the modern timeline, getting a shotgun from a classic car trunk that is in a storage unit and she yeah this part really threw me for a loop right because (laughs) usually when you see it's like you know that car and that gun were like related to some crime but like if all their sketchy shit happened out in the wilderness after a plane crash, where the hell does a mint condition classic car and a shotgun come in? You know what I mean? Like, right. So and I'm she's like, like wrapping it in a blanket and stuff. Like, we're like, yeah, no, I'm curious on. to see where this goes because like, that's like a little out of place. Yeah. Like a bitch has questions, you know, a bitch has questions. Um, I, I don't even have any speculation for that. Like, I'm just no, like, just like lost questions only. I respect yeah. that. And you know, Natalie's even like she literally she's like holding this shotgun up, like aiming it right, and then she hears footsteps, wraps it back up in the little like blankie in the trunk or whatever, and she's approached by Dave, the storage unit manager, and he's basically like hey, like, never seen anybody in this unit. Are you local? Like, what's going on? And Natalie's just like, you know, I haven't been home in a while, but I'm looking forward to reconnecting with old friends. And then we're back to the wilderness timeline. Yep. So, no, in the wilderness timeline, we see cloaked masked person who is served human meat. Basically, this, this person... Like, everybody's wearing masks, right? But there's, like, one person in the center 
who in Luvamac is wearing like full antlers, right? And then mm-hmm. has like a net thing over the antlers. And they refer to this person throughout the series as the mean. This so they serve this meat to the antler queen, right? Okay. I want to be an antler queen. It sounds so nice until you realize they're a bunch of. I don't want to eat person, but I do want to be an antler queen. I relate to that. Okay, moving on. Good talk. Okay, so then we're in the modern timeline again. We see Misty as a CNA in a nursing home handing out meds. And it's obvious that even the elderly are over Misty's shit. <laughs> the patient, yeah. like, throws their tray after pissing herself, uh, probably despite Misty. And in retaliation, Misty basically says, you know, like, I'm going to chart that your pain has improved and I'm withholding your morphine now. So uh, maybe this is a good reminder to not fuck with me. Yeah, she seems like a real nursey treasure. Yeah, and then we're back on the wilderness timeline again. We see Crazy Misty is one of the cloaked girlies in the wilderness, but she's not the antler queen based on the mask being lifted, right? So we know that Misty was was there, but she wasn't the antler queen, okay? It checks out. Misty is not antler queen vibes at all. I was just about to say, she's not giving it for me at all. So, yeah, and then other cloaked girlies are, like, walking behind her or whatever. So we know, obviously, at this point, like, we've been able to speculate the whole episode for obvious reason that the girls in the wilderness, but it's not truly until Misty's mask is lifted that we have certain confirmation that that's what we're seeing. Right. And then we pan over bloody journals. And we see that Shauna in the modern timeline is reading these journals on the floor of her bedroom. And then, yeah. So like Shauna has kept like very detailed. And I wonder like, does anybody else know that she has these? Like any of the other survivors? Do do they know that she kept like super detailed accounts? Oh no, that's a good question. Cause that would be like a great reason to like fucking kill Shauna. You know, she's got like all these journals with all their dirtiest laundry. I don't know, like it would be a good reason to kill Shauna. Yeah, find that out there. My um, money's on my money's on Misty as the Shauna killer. God, I don't even know that anybody kills Shauna. I'm just like I'm just saying, if somebody were gonna like do if it, it would if, be Misty. if anybody was gonna have a reason to kill somebody, I feel like that would be like. A great reason right there. Like, great. Yeah. We flash back to 1996, and there's obvious turbulence on the plane at this point, right? Oxygen masks have been released, and we see through Shauna's window, like, she lifts up her window, and, I mean, this plane is going down yeah. fast. So and... that's, like what, that's, like, what interests me. So if the oxygen masks dropped, right, there was a rapid depressurization. They, sure. They've lost cabin pressure. Um, and I'm just curious to see how that translates into a full-blown crash because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen, but a common misconception 
you know, amongst non-plane people is like that oxygen masks drop, the plane's going down, and that's just not necessarily the case. Right, right. So I'm just, I'm curious to see if in episode two we find out how this loss of cabin pressure translates into full-blown crash definitely definitely well i guess we're gonna get into that just all if it's just all hollywood and all fake i'm interested which i mean it could be like do they for situations like this right i mean you know like medical shows like house or whatever like they're going to consult with doctors about yeah and they do and they they still get it wrong a lot of the time right um yeah there's actually so you know what's interesting and i don't know if he does um i don't think he has an episode on this show in particular but there is a youtuber um that i really enjoy his plain content um obviously you guys know by now i'm a plain person um he his name is seven four gear um his name's well his name's kelsey his real person name is kelsey but his uh his uh youtube channel is called 74 gear he's a 747 pilot which is like the greatest plane ever anyways he does a series called hollywood versus reality where he just basically like goes over like plane mostly plane crashes or like you know dramatic movie scenes i want him to review this plane crash so bad honestly i might send it in to him i might might make a thing just be like, hey, Kelsey, can you do a Hollywood versus reality on this? I need to watch Maybe episode please. two first to see, like, how much, you know, see it for myself, how much plane crash content there is. And I kind of want to see if I can figure it out for myself with my, uh, with my vast it's... array of plane knowledge. Not that I'm not, like, I'm not a plane expert. I'm not a plane expert by any stretch of the imagination, but. She definitely knows more about plane, like, the average person you would pull off the street. Right, I mean, super duper likes planes. (laughs) I do super duper like planes, but you know, full full disclaimer: I'm not a pilot. I I'm not an aviation expert. It's just like you know, everybody has like a special interest, and it's definitely something where like recreationally, she watches like tons of educational plane content. I really do. It's like literally like for funsies. I'm just like honestly, if you guys have like, I have watched all of kelsey from seven four gear i've watched all of mentor pilots content if you guys have any other aviation content creators that make like really good um accident content please send them my way because i am running out of plane crashes to consume or like cases like involving crime and means like she loves her a good case that even moderately actually relates to a do you know what i think i have one that I kind of, I don't know if I should say this because I don't know if I'm actually yeah, say it. Is, okay, since this is Patreon, let me know what you guys think. I'm thinking that this could be maybe like an off topic Tuesday, not like a real episode because it's technically a crime, but it's not like, it's not like a murdery crime. But basically, there was a YouTuber that um, he uh, had a small airplane. He was a private pilot, which for those that don't know, that's just like a recreational pilot's license. And he intentionally crashed his airplane and he faked an engine failure and he like parachuted out, which that's not a thing that pilots do when they have an engine failure. Um, but basically he did it for views. He intentionally crashed his airplane 
and he's actually uh he's he's going to jail he's in some serious hot water as he should be as he should be because honestly thank thank the lord like nobody was actually hurt but obviously like he just let his airplane fall to the ground that could have been you know so 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 bad so bad um and he uh you know anytime an airplane crashes the ntsb does an investigation right and he intentionally withheld evidence uh-huh. um and tried to conceal evidence from the ntsb so that's actually Great what job. he's that's actually what he's being charged for not not the intentional crashing of the airplane but rather the uh, basically tampering with evidence right is what he's uh going to jail for so crash person bad job doing your person job and your pilot job you're disgraced to plane people everywhere but let me know if you guys want to hear an off-topic tuesday on that because i kind of want to touch on it yeah yeah okay that's okay, my plane cool. rant great um what's the next episode people are gonna have do we know that really the calendar knows but do we know <laughs> you know oh the calendar knows all um what's great about the calendar is that it's on my phone which is in my hand Oh, wait, mine's also um, so the, on my phone. I always forget that I did that. Yeah, myself. so the next episode that the humans will hear, well, they already, these are patrons, so they already got Alexi Treviso part two. Right. So the next new episode that they will get is going to be What the Fuck is Going On in Colorado, Darlene Crashock. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a fun okay. one. Great. Really um, fun, but. Well. No murder is fun, but it's like a case I haven't really heard covered a lot, which as a true crime person, like I think we all appreciate hearing about cases that are like undercovered, you know? Yeah, for sure. We love it. Cool, cool. So, um, well, thanks for tuning in on this one, you guys. I hope that you guys like this new series. Uh, drop a comment. Let us know if you love it or hate it. And we're going to keep doing them for now, but like how you guys respond to this series, right? Basically, because Ye- Yellow Jackets obviously won't last forever, but like right. whether you guys love or hate this will probably tell us like if we need to do something s- similar with a different show after Yellow Jackets is done, right? So, right. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Let us know what you okay. think. Sounds good. Love you guys so much. Love you so much. Bye bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>